This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky. I'm joined as always by Nick Horwat. And let us be the first, or at least among the first, to wish you a Merry Christmas and a very happy holidays. We appreciate all of our listeners. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. We have a full slate here. Obviously, Penguins on a hot streak. It continues throughout the weekend. They are now winners of seven straight hockey games. We'll talk about the latest of those victories against the Devils to lead things off. Afterwards, we have some injury news on the fronts of Evgeny Malkin, Jake Gensel, Brian Rust. We'll update you on the most up-to-date news about them. We'll then dive a little deeper into the current win streak, see if it's something that is sustainable. And then, of course, COVID news across the league is kind of Across the entire world, once again, it's sweeping the nation. Of course, Omicron or Omicron or however you pronounce it. The Omicron. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's the Omicron. People keep adding the end to it, and I think it makes way more sense because it's it it sucks to say, but it's a way cooler name than Delta. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Omicron. I guess I don't know. I don't know who names these things, uh, but the Greek uh, alphabet once again, does. is it the Greek alphabet? Yeah, I believe so. Delta. Why did we go from? Delta to so, because that apparently that there, there was a reason for it. I read it while working. You know, I'm Greek. I you would think I would know this. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. I think I honestly think they. I don't know if this was the exact reasoning, but I think they did have other variants up to Omicron or Omicron, however it's pronounced. They just weren't as severe or serious or hmm. broke out as much. I don't think that was the exact reason. That's how we got to Delta quickly. It's because there was an A, which is the main one, a B, a C, because Delta's D, correct? Correct. Yeah, so there was like a B and a C, mm-hmm. and that's how they got to Delta, because that one took off. So there's your COVID news for the day from the news reporter. You're welcome. There you go. Uh, and then, of course, uh, finish the rundown really quickly. Uh, we will finish off with the Pens poll, a holiday Pens poll, which if any video from this gets out, we're both wearing Christmas sweaters today. I have... This is not the only Christmas sweater I own. I think I own a Star Wars one somewhere, but I only have two, and this is the most festive one. So, yeah, if you watch the the watch along that I did on Sunday evening, I was wearing the same exact sweater. And Horwat is, uh, as he's been doing all December long, a different sweater every single episode. And this one jingles, so I'll oh, try geez. and hit mute as much as possible. Also, because my chair is loud, so I'm usually hitting mute. <laughs> Well, let's get off to the races here. Of course, the Pittsburgh Penguins, their most recent victory against the New Jersey Devils at New Jersey. 3-2 victory. You know, when I watched this game, and I watched it in its entirety, the Penguins were outplayed for most of it by a Devils team that is not really competitive this year. I mean, this Devils team has struggled very mightily just one to stay healthy. You saw the amount of players that they had out. You thought, okay, the Penguins, they're rolling. The Devils, they're missing some of their best players. Nico Heischer, uh, you can, if you want to talk about P.K. Subban, he was also out. But both their first and second string goalies also out. You thought, maybe the Penguins roll in this one. But it wasn't the case. They squeak out a 3-2 win on the road. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It did seem like they were just getting outplayed and outperformed. But, you know, thankfully, Jari was able to make the right saves. He made, oh, not many, but... no. 
Wow. Just a defensive game. I think I saw a tweet said that said there's something about that building. Yeah. Something about Prudential Center that just brings out not the worst in the Penguins, but just brings out the the lacklusterness. Mm-hmm. The steady, slow, I don't even know how to put it, just a grinding game that we don't normally play. Mm-hmm. And it's just that building, I think. What were some of the stats last year that or was it the year before or whatever it was that we just couldn't win there? Yeah, it, it used to be that. Yeah. I think the Penguins have now won four out of their last five games at the Prudential Center. But, but we're I getting mean, even, wins. It's just they're ugly yeah. wins, which, hey, you need, to, you need to take. I mean, we couldn't get ugly wins against the Islanders in the playoffs, so we know how it goes. But it's the Devils in the regular season, and it's not like they're a great team yet. A battered Devils team at that. It's interesting. It's wild. I just, it's hard to explain, right? Yeah, even back, I mean, the reason why a lot of the early 2010s, the Penguins couldn't score is because that's the way the Devils were constructed. Let's play defensive hockey, let Martin Brodeur do his thing. But even as this team has turned the corner and now they're a younger, faster, more offensive team, even though they have had their struggles, they're a much more high-speed team now, yet we still saw that game last night where, you know, the Devils didn't get many shots on goal. They didn't really test Tristan Jari all that much. But they controlled the pace of play the entire game. The only problem was, I mean, the Penguins had 12 blocked shots last night. The Devils, countless other shots where they just whiffed, missed the net, something like that. They just couldn't get any of their shots home, and the ones that did... They beat Mar- Marc-Andre Fleury. Jeez, my brain is off today. Hello? But they, they they beat Tristan Jari on two deflected goals. So the problem was the New Jersey Devils just could not get the puck to the net, but they controlled the entire game. Yeah, and that's just the way it is. I mean, I mentioned that the Penguins didn't look good. I kind of only saw the first period because me and Megan had Christmas yesterday. So, hmm. uh, But yeah, I was able to catch at least the first period, and even then things just didn't look look right yeah it was just kind of not broken like i said i mean it just didn't it just didn't look right it's just the penguins playing off of their own game to try and play the mold that the devils have brought it's oh it's so gross watching them play the devil sometimes i mean you're happy to pick up a win you're happy to pick up a dirty win like that but it's just I also missed Jari getting a fighting major, or, sorry, double minor. He got a double minor. I don't know. I mean, the one was a high sticking, and it might have been unsportsmanlike conduct as well, because it was it was in commercial break when it happened. From looking at the penalty summary, uh, Gearston, who, Geertsen. Yeah, Gertsen. Gertsen, thank you. Is picked up the unsportsmanlike. Jari got four for fighting. Fighting. That's what it's listed as on hockey reference. At interesting. Least. I mean, it, it interesting. What it, it basically was is him skating back to the ice, yeah. or back to the bench, and then obviously some sticks were exta- exchanged. And I, I think that means Jari might have started it with Geertsen, but uh, not normal from Tristan Jari to get a uh, either heated and or just like emotional like that in the middle of a game. Sometimes you like to see it, but uh, not when you're taking a penalty that ends up leaving your team shorthanded. When did Jimmy VC get here? Jimmy VC's been there since he got cut from Toronto last year. I miss so much. This team is wild, and it's interesting that some of these names 
are forcing a defensive style of play still in New Jersey. I mean, in a team with P.K. Subban and Dougie Hamilton, your two of your defensemen are two of you know the top offensive defensemen in the league, or at least at one time were. What the hell are you doing playing defensive style hockey still? I mean, unless it was just... These are questions for Neil. Well, I mean, the Devils weren't playing defensive style. Right. They just they just had the puck. They had the puck. The puck was in the Penguin zone most of the game. I mean, at five on five, the Penguins were not playing well. Plus all the, all the penalties they took. They were, yeah. I believe, the Devils ended up one for four on the power play, but the Penguins took six penalties in this game. Yeah. Yeah. So... I don't. I mean, oh yeah. Also, the penalty kill finally giving one up. It was bound to happen, but damn. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, especially when you make them work that much in in a game. Yeah, but hey, they made up for it. For Teddy Bluger got a shorthanded goal. Yeah. Uh, so let's go down through the, the scoring here, and we're not going to talk too much about this game because it was very low event hockey. Yeah, as I stated all all day on on Sunday during the game, it was just not much going on. But for the Penguins, three goals in this game. Teddy Bluger scored his seventh in the first period on a shorthanded tally. An awful play made there by Jack Hughes trying to pass it over to Dougie Hamilton. Both of those guys just made the wrong move, and it led to Teddy Bluger having a breakaway from the red line in, and he just wasn't going to miss against, I, what, what is the guy's name? I, John Gillies. I kept trying to say Clark Gillies or Mike Gillies last Trevor night, but his Gillies. name is John Gillies. Yeah, and uh, only his second game with, with the Devils this season, so... Bluger able to victimize him there a little bit. In the second period with the one nothing lead, Danton Heinen was able to get his ninth goal of the season on a beautiful play and a beautiful pass by Marcus Pedersen, who led the rush into the zone, stopped up, and then sent a great pass over to an open Danton Heinen, who had a beautiful shot over the shoulder of Gillies, making it 2 to nothing. Of course, the Penguins give up a goal, making it 2-1 to almost immediately after that. And then in the third period with a 2-1 to lead, Mike Matheson scores his second goal in the past week, his third on the season. Ends up being the game-winning goal, but in, in the perfect Mike Matheson experience, he takes a penalty shortly after that that leads to the second goal by the New Jersey Devils. So uh, Mike Matheson was in full force, but other than that, same thing from the Penguins. They're just getting goal scoring really wherever they can at this point. The whole team is chipping in. Good. That's the way it should be, especially in a team like this where, yeah, we're coming back from injury, but that is that was the team's bread and butter for some play for some deep playoff runs for a long time it was all four lines rolling all four lines producing i mean <laughs> name another team that tom kunakle can be on and be relevant mm-hmm. it's only the penguins because that's what that's what uh, creates success here is the depth producing it doesn't have to be at a high rate but just being able to produce at all you don't want to look at your fourth line, which our fourth line right now, I mean, they're not really the ones doing the producing, but... I don't know. I mean, in that third goal, that Mike Matheson goal, Sam Lafferty had a beautiful screen. Yeah. I mean, the only reason that goal is scored is because Sam Lafferty is where he was. I thought he had a as above his standards game. Yeah. I mean, probably. It's, it's just looking at that fourth line, you look at... Dom Simone, Sam Lafferty, Drew O'Connor, you go, holy shit, how the mighty have fallen. But Yeah, that is also a product of three top six guys and one of your bottom, like main key replacement players and Brian Boyle also being out. Absolutely, like, I get it. But it's just like, Drew O'Connor started off really hot and you expected him to s- not stay there, but to 
maintain some better level than what he's at now. Dom Simone, when we brought him back, there was all the memes and the jokes of he's going to be the top line winger with Crosby. Thank God he's not. And then <laughs> Sam Lafferty, who that needs no introduction. Mm-hmm. We know what he is in this lineup, and it's not in it usually. So you see that fourth line, and you kind of worry. But if they're able to produce, like Tom Smoke picking up an assist, and you're mentioning Lafferty's screen, good stuff. Keep performing. You're going to get however many minutes a night. It's not going to be much, but Dom Smoke had 650, for example. That's that's very low. Drew O'Connor 657, and Sam Lafferty with a steady five minutes and 35 seconds of ice time yesterday. So, yeah, they're not going to get much. How many hits did he have? That was the real question. Uh, I believe I saw like two or three. Oh, that's it. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how many hit. I mean, you you played five minutes of hockey. He had four. How many hits can you? He had four hits in five minutes. I, I mean, it's at least he knows what he's good at. Yeah, that's that's a better output than when than the Buffalo game when he played eight fifty five and had three hits. So yeah, he had two big ones that game too, didn't he? But yeah, but that's where we're at right now with Sam Lafferty. We're measuring his game based on how many hits he has per minute. That's not that's good not a good measurement for an NHL player. That's a good measurement for hey, there's only one thing he can do, so I guess we'll look at that and see how he played. Exactly. He's he's very much playing the old st- old school style of hockey in like the early 2000s to mid 2000s or like 2010s style of I need to make the NHL roster. How do I do it? Oh yes, my fists. I mean, but he hasn't really fought all that much. Fought Tom Fitzgerald's kid. Yeah, but still, at you the know same what time, I mean, Body yeah, no, fists. Sam Lafferty would have thrived in the dead puck era. Yes. But this is not the dead puck era, no. so that's why he's floundering instead of thriving. Exactly. So maybe he needs to, like, change a little bit of his game, but at the same time, he, there's no use for him on this lineup anymore. He's, without Brian Boyle being out, he's not here. Yeah, 100% correct. So... If you look at this game, obviously not everyone is going to be pretty, especially in a win streak. The Penguins now winning seven straight games. This was an ugly one, but they pulled out the two points, and that's the important thing. They did it in regulation as well, which is nice, especially once you look at the standings and you see that they're starting to catch up to the top tier of the Metropolitan Division. You need those tiebreakers, including the regulation overtime wins. But let's move on to a little bit of injury news before we cut to break. Obviously, on Saturday's practice, we saw Jake Gensel, Brian Rust, and Brian Boyle all practicing alone beforehand, still kind of progressing. The next step for all of those players, of course, would be joining the team in the no-contact form. But one player that we have seen for three weeks now practicing with the team in a no-contact white jersey finally switched over to a a minimal limited contact black jersey, and that is Evgeny Malkin. The return is getting closer. Now, Mike Sullivan, the head coach, came out and said it was a very minimal contact practice that we had scheduled, hence the reason we allowed him to take some contact. We knew it wasn't going to be that much. So don't get too ahead of yourselves, which we've been doing basically for three weeks now. But we'll have to see how this transfers this week. When the Penguins get on the ice for practice, does Malkin go back into the white no contact for heavier practices, or does he stay and and get a little bit more contact? That's the big thing. It's a progression, but it's a progression that... We have to see if it continues into this week. Obviously, Mike Sullivan said that you know he's progressing. This is the closest to 100% he has been, which you would hope every single day he gets closer to being 100%. So uh, obviously, Gino for three weeks now has been joining the team in practice. It's nice to see him out there. Chris Letang echoed that sentiment. It's nice to see him practicing, and he's progressing. I would think 
depending on what we see this week from Evgeny Malkin, I would think they have him return similar to most of the teams in the NHL right after the Christmas break against the Boston Bruins on December 27th, which if you remember correctly, that is the team that he initially got injured against. Oh, it was a big hit with Tenorti where he messed up his knee and then he came back without it actually being fixed. So that is the, the team that he went up against whenever he actually had it injured. I would not because of that, but due to what we've seen, I feel like he might return in that game against Boston. That's fair. I mean, that's if we find out he's close. I mean, did we have a timetable out of a jersey swap in practice? I mean, I still don't think we got no. one. No, we're not going to get a timetable. Literally, we'll get game time decision whenever that happens, but we're not going to get a timetable until then. We'll get game time decision and immediately start lighting up lighting up Twitter. Uh, it's fun. I mean, if he goes back to a white jersey, I say throw the timetable out the window. Not that we have well, there, one, but I mean, yeah, throw any predictions or expectations out the window again. Not mm-hmm. that I'm saying, you know, a white practice jersey is the kiss of death, but I mean, it's just... There's it's, more steps to be yeah, had. It's, it shows that there's still more to be done. I mean, he just he basically just stepped in for Zucker in that pl- in that uh, practice. Well, in the line rushes, yeah, yeah. That's most of what it was, and it's still progress. It's still more than nothing. You may yeah. not have gotten a timetable or higher expectations, but it is showing progress. And while the quote of every day he's closer to a hundred percent, well, yeah. Every day I'm closer to other things too, but it's just mm-hmm. yeah. Every 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 new day is one day closer to death, right? I see. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> I mean, that it's it, it's what I knew you were getting at, and I might as well just say it. I, I was getting to other things, I guess. I it's just, a it's a fact of life, man. Every it's day we get closer to a new year. Every day we get closer to every day. You're another day older. How about that? That's that, that's a little less dark, I yes, guess. Yes, and I wasn't trying to be dark because he's still he's. I mean, technically, he's right. Every day he's a day closer to getting back in the game. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's such a Mike Sullivan quote that it worked. And <laughs> uh, we Twitter blew up for a minute. We saw the black jersey and said, oh, look, he's closer. I mean, we, then we ended up just not getting a timetable, and it turned out to not be nothing but a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Of course, the initial timetable, the last time we even got a timetable was in training camp when they mentioned the fact that he'll be at least two months, which that, that time has passed. That at least two months was a couple weeks ago. So we're getting close to, we don't know. We don't know. All we've heard is he's progressing. We've never heard setback in the last two months. So we would imagine that, you know, the December 27th game that I mentioned, that's still a week from today. Yeah. You can progress a lot in a week. We'll see. And especially with the holidays coming around, we'll see how much they even practice this week anyway. Yeah. It's, I mean, what they play the 23rd, they play what? They play Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah. So you would assume maybe the 22nd they're off or maybe voluntary. 24, 25, you're clearly off. 26 is up to them. So I would think that they would probably actually, if anything, practice on the 22nd to get at least one more practice in before break. But I would imagine the second that game ends against Philly on Thursday, they're going to be let loose until they have to go up to the plane to go to Boston. <laughs> it's go home, but not totally home. Yeah, because yeah, go to your Pittsburgh homes, folks. <laughs> because, oh boy. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to, when we come back, talk about that, oh boy, that Horwath just mentioned. We'll be right back. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. 
But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on all the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets if they score. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. As we talked about in the first segment, the Penguins currently now sit at seven games on their winning streak, tied for the longest winning streak actively in the NHL with the Nashville Predators. I mean, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they've played really well ever since that game against Vancouver on December the 4th. And I'm not going to say that it's because I turned 25, but since I turned 25 that day, they haven't lost a game, Horwath. Do you think there's a correlation? Trying to think of song lyrics. I'd have to go with 25, and all I can think of is Taylor Swift's 22, so... Uh, the correlation. I don't know. Maybe it's just the lucky number. <laughs> Damn maybe. superstitions getting in the way. It's, mm-hmm. it's hey, I wore a, a blue shirt today. Uh, the Penguins won. I have to wear a blue shirt every game now. It's the butterfly effect. It's the butterfly effect that you believe in that doesn't actually happen. Mm-hmm. It's like whenever I play a certain song on a playoff game and they lose, and I cannot touch that song for the next seven games. Mm-hmm. That being said, uh, Sure, I like if, if that's what makes you sleep at night and that's what keeps this team from winning or keeps this team winning. I'm about it. <laughs> yeah. It's, so, of course, good seven, morning seven to you, clearly. Great. I'm doing yeah. great. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a really good stretch for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's actually their second win streak of five games or more this season, and they now just sit four points behind first place in the Metropolitan Division. Thinking about that with the fact that they have guys like Malkin, like Rust, like Gensel earlier in the season, they were missing Crosby. It's a credit to Mike Sullivan in, in my eyes. It's a credit to Mike Sullivan and it's a credit to Tristan Jari, who in my eyes, if you had to put a Penguins MVP, it's one of those two guys. Absolutely. And it's also a credit to the fact that some of our early losses were bad losses, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at three in a row of two goals or more. I'm looking at some overtime losses in there, I think. Just some brutal defeats i mean yeah we had some big victories early on i mean mm-hmm. a lot of them were also overtime wins we've had a lot of extra hockey this year it's just so i don't want to say it's inconsistent but i mean we're finding the consistencies five win win streak five game win streak seven game win streak and counting hopefully it's a ton of fun watching this team play hockey again and malkin's not back Gensel's out Ust is out boils out who i enjoy watching play mm-hmm. it's this is a fun team no matter what even in like some of the games they lose you see that they're in it they're not giving yeah. up really there was a couple games where you felt that way but 
it, things looked a lot better. That loss to Buffalo, they looked in it at the end. Um, sure, they're giving away some leads, which isn't ideal, or they're letting teams crawl back into it, i.e. the Buffalo game or the New Jersey game. It's not ideal, but again, if you're pulling out wins any way you can, we take it, and we're happy with this team. And like I said, they're a ton of fun watching. Yeah, I mean, I think the more important thing is not that they're getting close to first place. Obviously, it's nice to see that they're catching up to the Carolinas and the Rangers and the Washington Capitals of the world. I think it's more important, especially for a Pittsburgh Penguins team, that, listen, the goal is, right now, make the postseason. Then we'll figure it out. Considering what we've had to deal with this season as a team, make the postseason, then we'll figure it out and try to just kind of fix our woes in the extracurricular games in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But right now, it's more important to me that they're separating from the bottom half, both of the Metropolitan Division and in the wild card race. The Penguins currently sit in first place in that wild card position, but they've now built up a six-point lead on the wild card two game team, not even on a missed playoff spot. It's six points between them and the Detroit Red Wings right now for wild card two spot, and they have a nine-point lead on the Boston Bruins, but of course, the Bruins haven't played nearly as many games. So, it's going to be an issue, especially because of COVID, which we'll talk about in a minute, where you kind of have to look at win percentage to see which teams are actually rising to the top. And you have to take into account the fact that some teams have played 30, 30 games, 31 games, while others have only played 25. Yeah, it's going to be another one of those situations where you you think and you have a good feeling where every team's going to play all 82, and the win mm-hmm. percentage isn't going to mean, not nothing, but it's not going to mean what it meant two years ago or even last year. Yeah, it's gonna mean that it's just kind of the bar- the barometer of yes. where players are. Big words. It's or where teams are. I'm struggling this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Monday. That, it's a holiday week. Yeah, it is. It's a busy holiday week though. I work every damn day. Go figure. That being mm-hmm. said, the Penguins look good. They're it, being points ahead of everyone is huge because yeah, our division is difficult again. Big surprise. Yeah, and somewhat and somewhat not. I mean, the top half of this division is very, very good. The bottom half of this division is very, very disappointing. Yeah. But there's still games in which, like, you can lose a game to the Flyers, and it's not going to be that surprising. Yet they're in seventh place in this division right now, or sixth or seventh. I don't remember if, if the Devils have dropped below them or not. But uh, Yeah, they have. You know, yeah, so they're in, still in sixth place in this division. It's a, It's a division that... They might not play well against others, but when they play each other, it's always tight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we still we still haven't played the Hurricanes. We still haven't played the Blue Jackets, and have, we haven't played haven't the Flyers. Played the Rangers. Haven't played the we Rangers. We've played the Flyers once. Once. We I won 2-1 miss- to one in overtime. The Latang review. Right. Goal. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we still have a lot of division matchups to get through. Mm-hmm. It's a long season ahead of us still, and as long as we're sitting pretty nicely in the... Uh, standings. I'm not super horrified at it. Espe- horrified at it because of how the season started. Injuries. Then the losses finally came through. And just how much everyone ahead of us has been winning. Mm-hmm. Um, last time I looked at the standings, I mean, I looked at us sitting in fourth place in the division. But we were far ahead of the Blue Jackets. But then every team ahead of us was far ahead of us. Now all of a sudden we're only four points back. That's progress, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Moving up in the world. Well, let's get to the uh, the sour nuts of this episode. 
Let's talk about the COVID news across the league. The NHL has postponed all cross-border games until after the Christmas break. This news coming out on Sunday, which postponed several, several games throughout the week. Seven teams in the NHL have been completely shut down for that same timetable up until following the Christmas break. Due to breakouts, that's the Detroit Red Wings, Toronto Maple Leafs, Boston Bruins, Nashville Predators, Calgary Flames, Colorado Avalanche, and Florida Panthers. A lot of outcry was to just completely shut down the season for a couple weeks. But the NHL still trying to make everything work in its entirety, trying to force teams to play. Not force teams to play, but trying to get games played. Get through portions of the schedule that they can still get through with the teams that haven't been as adversely affected as those seven teams as well. Now, the reasoning given by the NHL was that even though there's a high percentage of positive cases and people that are COVID positive right now and players and staff and coaches, the percentage of players and staff who are testing positive but not having serious symptoms is also high. So a lot of the players that are not eligible to play are not feeling sick. They're not debilitated. They're not really, really sick. They just are COVID positive and are at risk of spreading the disease. So the NHL is keeping them home but not shutting down the entire league because the safety of the players is not as at risk as it could be, especially considering 99.99 of all NHL players are vaccinated. A large portion of those players have the booster, and the only one that has nothing is Tyler Bertuzzi. <laughs> Damn. It, yeah. It. For whatever reason, I'm not, I'm not trying to dish on Tyler Bertuzzi. We don't know his reasoning behind it. So uh, Maybe he should give his reasoning. I mean, that's not, that's not, that's, he doesn't have to give that. It's a health thing. Correct. It's weird. It's it, weird that anybody is coming man. out and saying that they are vaccinated. I'm not going to get, go any further. Well, it's, it's good. Okay. To, it's not, it's good to know that everyone in the league, except for one person is vaccinated. You know that it's a fairly safe league. Um, but I mean, also the NFL has been having the same issues. So this is spanning more than just the NHL. I heard before the Steeler game yesterday that 150 NFL yeah. players, I mean, granted bigger teams. Last week. Yeah. alone yeah bigger teams bigger players or bigger well yeah you know what i mean <laughs> anyway bigger teams more people like yeah it's gonna fit 150 makes a lot of sense there but still it's so many games are getting moved around in multiple leagues that how's the nba doing it's they're oh they're they're suffering as well lebron james is on the covid list there's plenty of players in the nba as well that are dealing with it so it's going around but no one is in the no one in the sports world at least management like uh gary bettman level wise is saying hey we need to shut this down they're holding pat to everyone's relatively asymptomatic these are big strong athletes that will be coming back fairly soon and fully healthy they're gonna try and power through it whether people like it or not it's Mm -hmm. Would a shutdown make sense? Maybe. I think just for the sake of, hey, we shut down for a, a week. We have to utilize that time in February. and We don't have to threaten going yeah. to the Olympics. I think that's the big thing here. But they're still trying to decide on that. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I bet they don't go just because that risk of a five-week five uh, yeah, quarantine. Think about that. At the end of February, if you're quarantined for five weeks, you miss the last two weeks of February and all of March. March is a pretty important month in the NHL calendar, if I remember correctly. Yeah, tack on no pay. Tack on the IHF might quote-unquote pay you. They probably won't. And yeah. you're in China for five weeks. Yeah, so you're away from your family. Away from your family, away from the team, and in China, which is, you know, historically not 
a decent area to be in if you're i mean uh, they'll against, be quarantined in a five-star hotel so i wouldn't say that i meant be... political political wise i oh, mean okay. that tennis player did go missing for a while and nothing really came from details on that because she said she was fine so we don't know being a rich athlete who who goes against their sort of government over there not ideal for five weeks yeah. And then obviously, yes, you're away from your family, you're away from your friends, you're away from the team. You can't practice, you can't do shit for five weeks, but sit in a, sure, you're sitting in a five-star hotel, but it's a Chinese Oh, it's one. not easy, but oh, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. And then tack on no pay. These yeah. guys aren't going to want to go. Yeah, they're still debating it, and some people, and for some people it might be their only chance to represent their country in this sort of light, but it just might not be worth it. Yeah, that's a big so, long discussion to have at a later date. But that being yeah. said, COVID in the league, COVID in all of the leagues. Oh boy, is it scary for like when, a little. Yeah, when it comes to the Pittsburgh Penguins, none of their games pre-Christmas have been canceled as of yet. They still do play the New Jersey Devils on Tuesday at home. They do play the Philadelphia Flyers on Thursday. But then following Christmas break, they could have some more time off if the NHL decides to extend, especially for some of these teams that are just absolutely shut down not just the cross-border matchups, because following Christmas, the Penguins play at Boston. That team is currently shut down. They play at Toronto, which that team is currently shut down, and it's a cross-border game. And then they play at Ottawa, which is, again, a cross-border game. So as of right now, pre-Christmas, the Penguins schedule has not been affected. Post-Christmas, we'll have to wait and see, because the NHL, as of right now, those games are scheduled to play as they were scheduled originally. But we'll have to keep an eye on it, because both Boston and Toronto are dealing with several and by several i mean a lot more than several like almost half their team has tested positive for the covid19 we don't know if if it's exactly the omicron variant because they have to do further testing to figure that out but they have tested positive for covid19 we're going to take a quick break when we're going to finish it off when we come back with a very very upbeat holiday edition of our weekly pens poll we'll be right back Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network and also by DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THBN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds. And even better opportunities. Again, that's promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Well, Horwat, it's Christmas time. Mm-hmm, tis the season. We're wearing our sweaters. Sweaters? 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 Oh, well. Like water. Stop it. We're wearing our Christmas sweaters. And our Pens poll this week is Christmas-themed. And I know that this was your idea. You're obviously a big proponent. We're both big proponents of when the Penguins have a holiday video. We hope that... They can get one out this year yeah. with COVID. You never know if one comes out, but Depends be nice to see it, one. I guess. Exactly. So we asked last week, which Penguins holiday video is your favorite? There's about, what, six or seven at this point? They started in 2014. They missed a couple years, or at least one year. Two, I in think. In 22 years, possibly. The last two. So The last two, yeah. So we asked, which holiday video is your favorite? With a link to most of those holiday videos. Home Alone, the 2015 iteration of the Penguins holiday video, just absolutely took this far and away. 63% of the vote. The Santa Claus, the 2019 video, 
17% of the vote came in second. Other came in third with 13% of the vote. And A Christmas Story from 2017 finished in last with 7% of the vote. Horwat, I think you might have, but I definitely fell in the other category. I did, because I said Elf, despite how much I don't like the movie. You got to see pretty much everyone on the Penguins roster dressed as Buddy the Elf, for one. Mm-hmm. Two, you got that awesome clip of Sid just rifling snowballs. Yeah. Um, What else is in that one? Now I'm not remembering it. But that one, it's because everyone gets their time in the Buddy the Elf outfit. Mm-hmm. It makes it funny because it is seeing these guys try and be actors, sort of. It is seeing athletes try and read from cue cards, and it's not good sometimes. I think the winner was the oh, can't remember, Home, Alone. Home Alone one. That was 2015. I can remember that one specifically because I think they had just traded for someone, and they kind of just superimposed his face in somewhere because he had missed the recording of it, mm-hmm. and they just shoved him in somewhere. And that one's the wildest one because – that team was interesting. That was like before yeah. we traded David Perron, so he's in it. But also after we traded for Trevor Daly, so he's in it. Yeah. It's that one had such a wider array of players that it's interesting. And that's also the one oh no, Christmas the Santa Claus one is the one where we got Sid being Jake Gensel's father. Yes. Lighting up meme Twitter forever. <laughs> <laughs> um that's, and that's what mostly these videos are. It's stuff for social media to clip and enjoy. Yeah. I mean, it's what... I mean, the first one, the Christmas Vacation, is what gave Evgeny Malkin's bingo. Mm-hmm. His only part in the entire thing, and it's awesome. And also Sid yeah. saying, where's the Tylenol? Yeah. Couldn't, give him, couldn't let him say, holy shit, though. Yeah, no. They weren't allowed to say that. But uh, for those reasons, my favorite is the Christmas Vacation one. You always remember your first, and that was the Penguins' first holiday video. I absolutely loved it, especially going back and watching through these because you know you almost forget some of those little moments, the the bingo, the where's the Tylenol. You also forget, like, you know, Kevin Porter was a Pittsburgh yeah, Penguin. who was on the team. Exactly. So when I went back and actually watched through all of these last week before making my vote, I don't know why I took it that seriously, but I did. So did uh, I. See, like, Cooney and Duper was really cool. Like, you almost forget, like, that was such a good line, like, starting to then think about that line together. But then even, not even good lines and good players, but just good personalities. Seeing Robert Bortuzzo and Bo Bennett as the neighbors in Christmas Vacation, loved that. Like, loved that decision. Loved Bo Bennett on social media. Loved Robert Bortuzzo's personality altogether. On the ice, no, it didn't work throw, out too well. Throw, but, and then uh, they throw Bo Bennett as the pizza boy in the Home Alone one, which yes. fit perfectly. Yes. It's like all these made so much sense. I'm trying to... Paul Martin's in that one. Paul Martin is Zach in that Sill. one. It's, There's a name yes. for you. Zach Sill was in that one as well. But uh, some of the... Like you mentioned with the, the El- Buddy the Elf costume, basically every player got to wear it. A lot of players were involved in Clark Griswold's monologue. And I thought yeah. that was really funny. And like you mentioned, obviously Crosby, where's the tile and all? You know, there was that whole scene. I loved it. I love all of these. Literally, it is so funny. They're such memeable and clippable moments. But uh, I have to say the original was the best, in my opinion. Yeah, that was a great one. Plus, I think that's one of the best Christmas movies ever. So it gets another push there for me. Yeah. One one that is also underratedly good is one that it wasn't the movie, but it was the training video. Yeah, it's Christmas training. That one was good, too. It's because it's. 
Tristan Jari and I think uh, Tristan Jari is dressed as someone. It's like a char- one of like a Christmas character. I think he's just a snowman. And Zach Gaston Reese is like a little drummer boy with Patrick Hornquist in a Santa costume teaching them how to sing. It's it's always watching these guys just dress up like assholes yeah. and just make fools of themselves for our entertainment. And it's and they love it. It's so it's fun. And mm-hmm. again, watching the old ones, you see the old names, you see the old faces of, you don't recognize it, then you quickly realize, oh, it's Zach Sill, like I said before, or Daniel Sprong, dressed as a reindeer. It's <laughs> interesting. And what's even better is if you watch the In the Rooms from those years, a lot of times the In the Rooms will have like even more behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. So it all becomes just a, you lose a couple of hours because you're yeah. watching the all the videos and you're trying to find the in the rooms that have the back scene behind the scenes stuff so mm-hmm. it's pure entertainment it's a damn shame we haven't gotten one in a while yeah. but it makes sense i think i over i heard from someone on the inside thanks megan who has friends that were interns at the time i think it was last year or the year before it had to be last year they were trying to do one from home but none of the players wanted to do it at home yeah so like the players aren't super into it into it but when they're there and they're finally in front of the camera, it's a great joy. They just didn't want to do it on them by themselves. And then just the inclusion of, like, Dan Potash or Steiger. Mike Lang and Steigerwald. Steige and Bob Airy, whenever they were still the TV guys, being Marv and the other one's name from Home Alone. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. They include everyone they can. J- Jim Rutherford being the boss in and, Christmas yeah, Vacation. Christmas Vacation. Yeah. <laughs> It's great stuff. Put it with the other one, Scuzzbo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember who he said that to. I literally just watched that one back again because I wanted to be really fresh when I came to talk about it. But uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. We will be back with an episode before Christmas. We'll be back on the 23rd. So we'll see happy Festivus to everybody. And uh, we will see you guys on Thursday. The Penguins will have one game between now and then. So we'll talk about the Penguins and the Devils. Part de. That's going to be it. Have a good one, hockey fans. You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.